Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The information on this podcast is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content is for general information purposes only. It's been said before, but it's worth repeating. It's okay to not feel okay. And today's episode, we're going to have a serious and thoughtful conversation about mental health and specifically suicide and suicide prevention. Because September is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, and tonight at 6 o'clock, we're having our I'm Listening broadcast on 99.1 The Mix and also on our free Odyssey app, or you can go to imlistening.org. It'll start at 6 o'clock, and it'll go until 8. We're hoping to help end the stigma surrounding mental health and to increase awareness when it comes to suicide and suicide prevention. But I'm really looking forward for you to meet my guest. You might already know him if you're in the Milwaukee area. Hey. It's Andy Riggs. Hi. A.K.A. Riggs. Yep. Your your title of, of who you are, it's pretty long now. Your resume has grown. You're the morning yeah. show host yeah. on 103.7 KISS FM. Mm-hmm. You're a podcast host, mm-hmm. Riggs Off the Radio. Yeah. But most recently, and one that I'm so excited about for you, is that you are a mental health life coach, yep. and you are launching your own company. You left one off, too, by the way, Skydive Instructor, but I am launching my yes. own company. <laughs> he is all, this guy, I mean, he he has all the time in the world to do all these things, right. um, but I know you're really passionate about this. Your yes. company is Hearthead LLC. Yep. You can go to heartheadhelps.com or at heartheadhelps on Instagram and Twitter. You're officially launching in November, yeah. and, and before we talk about suicide prevention, suicide awareness, what are some of the things to look for, what to do if you're having suicidal thoughts or if a friend or family member is telling you you're having suicidal thoughts. Before we get into all of that, can you give us the Cliff Notes version, Riggs, of how you got into this new role? Like, how did this even come about? Before we get into it too much, you need to know that there are resources. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255, or you can also text hello to 741741, that's the crisis text line. So those are, those that are two is resources good information. Just text know. hello. I like to, yeah, to 741741, it's the crisis text line. I'm actually uh, in the training to be a crisis text counselor for that coming up soon. So that's part of my training and my continued education towards developing my, you know, my, um, my company, Hardhead LLC. I like to throw that number out there and the text number out there when we're discussing suicide, just because I think it's safe. So people know that this is not like, 
a place to come for. And I know you had your disclaimer. I just wanted to throw that out there as oh, well. Oh, definitely. And yeah. this will all be linked up at 991themix.com. And perhaps you have someone that is coming to you right now and having these suicidal thoughts. Well, there are people there that can help. Yeah, it's not just for someone in crisis. It could be for you going, I don't know what to say. What should I say to this friend? And they're they're great at that. They're very highly trained. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, feel free to reach out to that. And it changes to 988 next year, by the way. The three-digit number has gone through through the FCC, which is cool. In July of 2022, oh, how about that? the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number will be 988. So it'll be like a 911 One, for the brain. Yeah. It's great. It's great. That is great. Very excited. So how do they get started with this? Basically what you want to know, the Cliff Notes version Yeah. in mental health advocacy. Like a lot of things in life, nothing really affects you until it affects you, meaning you don't think about cancer until it affects you. You don't think about organ donation of kidneys until it affects you. Like you, Elizabeth, yeah. that's something that, you, that affected you. I never would have thought I'd never be a kidney of, donor. Never thought about it. Now you're very much an advocate for yeah. organ donation yeah. and doing that and you know, donating life, which is great. And sometimes, unfortunately, it takes something like that to push you into advocacy. And that's how it happened with me. In July of 2017, it was like three, four in the morning, I get a call from my mom that my Uncle Rick was gone. And I was taken back. Like, how, my Uncle Rick? Like, this was my uncle that I grew up with. Uh, My mom and dad split up when I was much younger. And Uncle Rick and Uncle Tony, my mom's brothers, were kind of like my father figures growing up. Mm -hmm. And... Rick was always the funny guy in the family, the outgoing guy. He would call you on your birthday doing the voice of Donald Duck. He did a spot-on Donald Duck impression. Like, that was his thing. <laughs> when you were little, you're like, it's really Donald Duck really calling Donald me. Donald Duck calling me. It was great. So Rick was always the levity, the moment of levity in the family. He was always funny, always outgoing. He had a beautiful wife, three beautiful kids. He was a, a VP at a PNC bank. Like, he, was, he had everything going for him on the outside. And I didn't know that he was fighting all this on the inside. And knowing that about my uncle, it hit me so hard. I was like, I had never had a suicide happen to me in a family or mm-hmm. a friend at all. Mm-hmm. And it really got me thinking about what was going on that would make him do this. Like, how could he be in so much darkness and so much pain? And I decided to use my voice on the radio. I was like, I'm going to go back to work and I've got a voice. I've got a platform. I've got people that listen to me. I need to talk about this. This affects a lot of people. I started doing research. I looked for uh, a group therapy that I went to for survivors of suicide loss. I eventually grew to lead that group, and I was the lead uh, peer su- lead of that peer support group for survivors of suicide loss. I found the Out of the Darkness Walks with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And the more that I talked openly about suicide and mental health, the more people that responded and were like, Thank you for talking about this. Like, I've lost my father to suicide. I lost my brother, my sister to suicide, my son, my daughter to suicide. It's so hush-hush. It is. I mean, our family's also been affected by suicide and Mm -hmm. suicide attempts. And I can remember being younger, being told, we're not going to talk about the fact that my step-grandpa, my grandpa, but my my step-grandpa growing Mm -hmm. up, that he tried to take his own life. Yeah. Like, we were... Like, we weren't supposed to talk about Alarmingly that. high suicide rates with the elderly, by the way, in the 70, 80-plus crowd. And, and that's and what men. was happening. His yeah. health was waning, and he thought he was a burden to my grandmother. Yeah. And it, it wasn't successful. There yeah. was a father and son that had found him. But when it happened, I was in college, and we were kind of told, like, we're not going to talk about this. Yeah. And even at my uncle's own funeral, there were three different rumors going around about how he had died. Oh, no way. Nobody was confronting the elephant in the room that he had taken his own life. We come from a very conservative Catholic family. So yeah, same here. They come from the side of like this used the old school method of thought that suicide is a sin. You go to hell if you kill yourself because, and that's just, and I even talked to a priest before I gave the eulogy at his funeral. And I said, 
how do I approach this? Our family is so Catholic. I'm in a Catholic church talking about my uncle that took his own life. Yeah. But is my uncle in a bad place? Is that the Catholic church's view on this now? Because the Catholic church, I have my own qualms with them. We won't go there. But he said basically no. I mean, God would look at somebody in the eyes and say, he wasn't making this decision in the right frame of mind. When someone takes their own life, they're sick. They're dark. They're in a place. They don't know how to make the pain stop. They don't know how to turn it off. And that turns into the only solution in their mind. And it's a split-second decision. It's that permanent decision to a temporary problem that people make when they take their own life. It is a permanent solution. That's that's to what's a, so devastating yeah. about it. And and the p- loved ones that are left behind, the questions and perhaps the anger and the confusion and the sadness, Dude. like perhaps it, you were feeling. Oh, and it ripped apart our family so much. It's, it put a big gash in our family, and it has. Our family really hasn't been the same since. And even after that, when I started my advocacy, a year later in October, I lost two friends, one that you and I worked with, Jason, who yep. lived here with the radio station, yep. and one of my radio uh, record friends, Joe Rainey, yep. who I'd been friends with for 10 plus years. And I found out randomly he took his own life, both of those within the same month of each other. And I was just solidified my advocacy for not only suicide prevention, but men's mental health, because men often suffer in silence. Men are so good at just stuffing in their feelings. And we've been raised by this pardon the word, the boomer generation that was always about, you know, it's just a phase that you're going through. Or, man, or, or man, up. man up. I can't man handle up. that phrase. I can't either. Man up. Instead of man up, open up. Men should be opening up. Oh my God, up. yes. Well, and I saw in your story the yeah. happy wife, happy life. Yeah, happy spouses make happy houses. You shouldn't make it all about the other person. Don't just yes yeah. dear your wife. I know that's like, oh, just yes dear, yes dear. But yes, but sometimes you need to stand up for yourself and say, no, like, it's okay to do that. You don't have to just be a people pleaser. It, it enables the people, people pleaser side of things and the fact that men have to hold it all down and you have to be the breadwinners and put on a game face all the time and suck it up, you sissy. I mean, men are, it's that masculinity is just drilled into men their whole lives. But, but it also on the flip side, it's like, so w- women can also have masculine tendencies as well. Yeah. Like, just like men have feelings, women have feelings. Yeah. Is this why men will typically, as statistics show, will contemplate suicide more than women? Men are not only more likely to take their own lives, but they're more, they, they're more successful in their completion with the methods. Men use more lethal methods. Firearms are what men usually turn to. Really? Which is why anytime there's a gun debate that comes out, I'm always like, yes, gun violence is awful. Yes, mass shootings are terrible when they happen. But if you look at the statistics of gun violence and gun deaths, handgun deaths, 60% of them are suicides. 60%. Wow. I mean, even like police officers, when they're in the news for shootings, police officers are more likely to die by their own hand than they are in the line of duty. Wow. And Riggs, you sent me some statistics just to kind of jump off of what you're saying here, that suicide is the ninth leading cause of death in Wisconsin. Yeah. This. Tenth in America. This next statistic, though, I read twice because I thought "Mm, I didn't read this right. Oh, no, I read this right. Suicide is the second leading cause of death for ages 10 to 34. Mm-hmm. 10. It's, gotten, it's gotten worse over the last couple of years with the pandemic, with lockdowns, with people being scared to go outside, with people having to... A lot of people were forced to deal with demons they didn't know they had in COVID because people were forced to sit and suffer in silence and be in... You couldn't go out and hang out with friends. You couldn't go out and see your family. Well, and you, you couldn't forced, be distracted by a lot of that, too. There were people in my own life that had to really sit down and reflect on, okay, 
where is my life at? Why yeah. am I not feeling happy? What, because they were constantly surrounded and busy with the noise and the calendar was full and always out and about and seeing people when yeah. it became almost silent. Mm-hmm. That's when they had to kind of reflect and look within of what's going on here. Yeah. Who am I really? What am, what am I struggling with? Yeah. So why don't people talk about mental illnesses like depression and bipolar disorder and suicide? It gets a, a real bad rap. People don't, it's it's hard for people to equate mental health and physical health when in fact they're the same thing. Thank you. Yes. Like I, 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 I constantly think about with people, if your arm was broken. You can see that. And you would go to a doctor. Uh-huh. And, and you, you can, can get it fixed. And furthermore, people can see physically. I've broken my arm. People can physically see your arm in a sling. They can see if you have a gash or if you had surgery. They can see that on the outside. With mental health, that's all inside. You can't see somebody that's suffering on the inside. That's why they put up that front on the outside. And we've been taught for so long. It goes back to the discussion we had earlier with the whole generation we had before us that was very stigmatized about mental health. Oh, yeah. Pull up the bootstraps. Yeah. Or, or the saying, put on your big girl panties and go. Yes. Well, sometimes it gets to be too much. The problem is we had a whole generation that did that, and they passed it on to our kids, the millennial generation. So we're now having to retrain the new generation that it's okay. And I think the conversation has really shifted online. It has and definitely. In, in society in general. You have athletes coming out, actors and actresses, musicians, mix artists, kiss artists that are you yes. know that are coming up and stepping up and saying even like Lizzo who has a song about you know all the rumors are true and she's empowering with her body positive image, she gets trashed on her comment section and she does a Instagram live being vulnerable and saying like this is really hurtful this hurts me like having artists like that do things and saying that they're vulnerable and that they're also hurting from things really helps move the needle of the conversation. Look so, at Simone Biles during the Olympics. That too. That too. And she that got, she got was... trashed for being a quitter. And she was like quitting on her team and giving up on America. And I was like, you don't understand this. You're sitting there on your couch in your sweatpants judging an Olympian. You think she trained her entire life and worked for weeks and weeks and months and months and years to just quit? You think she wants to do that? No. It has to be extreme circumstances that people go through. Well, and she and was people... putting her oxygen mask on first. She was recognizing that she wasn't fit to do this. Yeah. She wasn't... She could have really hurt herself, by the way, yeah. if she would have gone out and done this. Yeah. It could have been very, very, very bad if yeah. she would have continued. That's a phrase I use a lot as well. You got to put your mask on before someone else. You can't, fill, you can't fill from an empty cup. You have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself first and putting yourself in your self care first. And it's getting a lot more normalized, but people are afraid to talk about it because it's been so stigmatized. It's been so, or you're just making an excuse. It's just a phase you're going through. Just suck it up. Or you want attention. Yeah, or you're, you're dramatic. just doing for attention. You're, the boy who cried wolf, girl who cried wolf, whatever. That's that's going away. But that's the reason people are so stigmatized on it, and just afraid to talk about it and bring it up. Well, I do agree that it is becoming more and more of a it's more accepted yeah and normal conversation yeah case in point i was meeting two women for coffee at the corners a few weeks ago and these are women that i i know professionally but we follow each other on social so i know things about their personal life that they have kids and stuff like that and one of the women had brought up oh sorry i'm running late i was just with my therapist then the other woman said oh where do you go she told her what therapist she sees Mm-hmm. Then that woman said, oh, I see someone at this therapy location. Then I chimed in. I'm like, well, I still see my therapist from Aurora. And I pointed out to these women. I said, how about that? All three of us, as common as like, where do you get your hair cut? Mm-hmm. We didn't even bat an eye at that. Nope. That all three of us were talking about that we all see therapists. Yeah. And you don't have to be in crisis to see a therapist. You no. should see a therapist on your good days as well. Yes. Like if, you, if you normally see a therapist and you're having a good day and you have an appointment coming up, 
still go. Go see your therapist. Tell them you're having a good day. Explain, you know, convey that to your therapist as well. They need to hear about that. Well, and what I what I do at times because it, it can be so hard if I you know cancel to get back in, so I still keep all the appointments. Yeah. Is in my phone in my notes. Yeah. I'll write down if perhaps something happened and my anxiety was really really high, yeah. or moments where I feel that I've maybe grown and I've learned how to be able to handle situations a little bit better that normally might stress me out, so that I can still feel like I'm being productive at the appointment yeah. and talking about things that have that have gone on. And if if you're listening to this and you're thinking about you want to see a therapist and you don't know where to start, there are so many resources online, and we will link it up at 991themix.com. But is that what you are doing through your business rigs are exactly, you a yeah. therapist well i'm a i'm not a therapist that would take a lot more college and a lot more money than time of my life that i don't have <laughs> but i do have done a lot of research and i've talked to a lot of doctors and therapists and i have we have a roster of therapists that we work with in our company hardhead we i mean we kind of realize mental health is complex right yeah but we're here to kind of make it make sense for people and we use something called research based positive psychology which is you know helping you discover your positive traits rather than your negative traits. People always focus on the negative. I'm always stressed. I'm just tired. I'm just exhausted. Like we focus on the good parts that you have, the strengths that you have to help better your life and help you make sense of your mental health. And, you know, sometimes seeing a psychologist can be a little bit stigmatizing or seeing a medical professional seems like a bit too much. Mm -hmm. So we kind of bridge the gap between not talking to anybody, which is toxic in and of itself because you're just burying down feelings and making things worse or going to a psychologist. We're that gap in between the middle. Sometimes you may not need a therapist. You may just need an unbiased third party to say, hey, you know what? Sounds like you're dealing with a little bit of depression, but let's talk about times in your life when you had good things going on, and let's use those positive qualities that you already have so that you can flourish in life. And if you need to see a therapist, and we determine that, I mean, I'm going to say up front, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. But I am someone that has quite a bit of life experience, and I've done a lot of research in the mental health field, and I know a lot more than the average person, not to toot my own horn about the mental health, you know, bipolar disorders, schizophrenia, eating disorders, all this stuff. I can kind of help you sort it out and say, look, I know a therapist that would be a great fit for you. We're building a community of therapists to say, we're going to hand you off to this therapist here who specializes mm-hmm. in this. And make sure you can get a match and work with these therapists to make sure that you can get in so you're not waiting too long to get in because that's a big problem. Yeah, People that are is waiting. that is a really big problem right now. And that it's affordable too because mental health care shouldn't cost more. There's something where health care... Mental health care should not cost more than going to a regular doctor, your primary care physician. There are laws in place for this, but it still happens. Oh, yeah. Right now, when I see my therapist, it costs me $125 an appointment. That shouldn't happen. $125. It's technically against the law, but there's nobody that's enforcing the law, which is part of why- I have insurance, but it it, it can be a lot. And don't let that intimidate you because there are so many different programs and it's- and it's it's different for wherever where you're going, or if you talk to an unbiased third party like what Riggs yes. offers, that doesn't that isn't necessarily what that costs. Right. But can you really put a price on your mental health and, and your life? Because if we're talking about suicide here, mm-hmm. if that decision is made, then it's done. Exactly. Then it's over. Yeah. And what advice do you have for someone if they know that a person is having these suicidal thoughts? What should they do? Talk to him about it. Talk to him about it. Ask him about it. What can you ask? Don't be afraid to ask someone if they're thinking about suicide. Are you thinking about killing yourself? Are you thinking about suicide? It's a powerful question, and it's a scary question, but it needs to be asked. And a lot of people think by asking that to somebody, you're going to plant the idea in their head. Like, if I say that to somebody, if I say, Elizabeth, are you thinking about suicide? 
that I'm going to plant that idea in your head. But the research has shown that if you have that idea in your head, you're already going to make that decision. You've already made that decision. But by me asking you, I'm forcing you to confront that thought now. I'm forcing you to think about taking your own life. That's a very, very powerful question. You have to. Now you're forced to think, wow. Am I, really I thinking am, that? I really am thinking. Yes, I am. Well, why? Why? Let's talk about it. Why are you thinking about ending your life? Why? And all you have to do is sit back and listen. A lot of times the person that's in the other side of the chair is just going to start spewing out emotions and why and talking about it. And that's almost a relief to them to be able to talk about it. I've, I've heard stories that this is a guy named Kevin Hines. Kevin Hines jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco and lived. Oh, my gosh. Lived to tell the story. Wow. He had like a broken back and he was kind of jacked up for a while, but he lived. And he said his story is that he, as he was going to do this, he's pouring tears on like every single mode of public transportation to get him to the bridge. And he said to himself, if one person asks me if I'm okay, one person, I won't do it. Oh nobody my gosh, said, nobody said a, Nobody said a word to him Oh, the my time. gosh. And he said as soon as he lets go of the railing, he immediately regrets his decision. If you can't hear that story. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's, it's a powerful story. So don't be afraid to confront and ask that question. Are you thinking about it? Are you thinking about it? And say the word suicide. Put that in their court. What if someone's listening to this? And they are thinking about it. What advice do you have? You have resources. Your darkest chapter doesn't have to be your last chapter. Whatever it is you're going through, you've got so much more of your story to write. Mm-hmm. And you have the luxury of writing your own story. How beautiful is that? To be able to do whatever you want with your life. You can change. You can make changes in your life. There are resources. There are people that genuinely want to help you. There are people that love you. You are loved. You are needed in this world. There's no other you in this world. Reach out for help and call that. I mean, that's why the suicide prevention lifeline number exists. They get people and they just talk. It's just a conversation. Sometimes that's all people need to do is just talk. And they need someone to listen and listen without judging, too. If you're on the other side, don't judge. Don't be like, oh, my God, that's that's horrible. Why would you why would you ever think about doing that? Now you're judging them and you're putting them on the defense. Yeah. You don't need listening without judging is a skill that a lot of people don't have. It's hard to do because naturally we want to judge. That's You're stupid for thinking that. Oh, why would you do that? That's a dumb decision. Or it's, you want to jump in with something wired. to say right away or, or, or you want you want to help instantly. It's like just yeah. hear what they have to say Yes, is, is what you're telling us. Just, just exactly. listen. And Be there them, and listen. And I think more importantly than asking that question Follow up with that person after you have that conversation. Don't let it be a one and done and be like, whoa, dodge that. I dodged that, man. That was that was an intense conversation. And then wipe your hands of it. Follow up with that person in a week, in a couple weeks and say, hey, I know we had a pretty intense conversation earlier. I just wanted to check in, make sure everything's going okay. Are you okay? Yeah. Show that you care. Follow up because a lot of people think, oh, they're just talking to me now. It's because people who are in that dark spot, they're hopeless. They really are. They feel hopeless. But knowing that someone's there and wanting to reach back out and you're following up, it really makes them feel worthy and wanted. And like, yeah. wow, you know what? I really, this is not the, si- the decision I need to make. There's, and that can save a life. Yeah, it could. Which is why conversations like this we're, we're having, because the more we can talk about it, if it reaches one person or even just gives someone the skills that they need, when, if they're faced with that yeah. situation of someone saying, yeah, I 100%. am thinking of killing myself. So yeah, ask the question. Don't be afraid. It's a powerful question, but it needs to be asked. Before we wrap up here. When our company started doing these I'm listening campaigns, they sent us some copy points of how to talk about suicide and mental health. Yeah. And this was probably five years ago now because they've been doing I'm listening 
for uh, five years. For fi- yeah, it is five yeah. years. Yeah. And one of the things that they talked about is that we are not to say committed suicide mm-hmm. or killed themselves. We're supposed to say lost their life by suicide. Can you explain to people that maybe aren't aware why saying committed suicide is not appropriate and not a, a safe way to talk about suicide? Sure. Let me flip it. Can you commit cancer? No. Can you commit a car accident? No. How can you commit suicide? The word commit um, comes from back in the day when suicide used to be illegal. It used to be against the law. Like you think of commit and it's like a malicious act to do something with malintent. Mm-hmm. which further stigmatizes suicide in general. As a bad thing. As a bad thing. And that they're a bad person. You're a bad person for doing this. So died by suicide. Suicide is the result of years. years. It shows that people that die by suicide have been suffering from some sort of mental health condition. There's no one reason why someone dies by suicide. It's not just because you lost your job. It's not just because you lost your wife. It's not just because you had an, an, a friend die close to you. It's not just for one reason. There are other things that add up to that. There's always a million little reasons that kind of mm-hmm. add up to it. It's always a ticking ticking clock. And suicide is just the end result of all of that being untreated. Usually because people don't talk, they don't reach out for help. They're not aware. They're not emotionally literate enough to say, wow, there's something really wrong inside of me right now. I should probably talk and get this out. So died by suicide is the more, I guess, accepted term mm-hmm. to use now. Because it just helps to not stigmatize suicide anymore than it already is. So you is. could say lost your life to you suicide? Kill, you killed yourself. Uh, just like someone lost their life to cancer. Completed suicide. Um, died by suicide. Death killed, by killed suicide. Himself, death by suicide. All that is totally fine. I mean, it's, but as you explain the reason why committed suicide is not appropriate, it does change the narrative. Yeah. And it needs to. Because yeah. language matters. Talk matters. And talk can save lives. It all comes full circle. So... Well, and full circle, this is why we're talking about it right now. That's <laughs> yeah. a perfect way to wrap. Yeah. Riggs, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm so proud of you. I'm proud to be your friend. I'm proud to know you because I've watched this journey that you've been on, and you have really come into your own with this. And I just see the fulfillment you're getting out of this, but also the people that you're helping. And you're just getting started, my friend. Thank you. I you're appreciate You're just getting that. started. But I care about you so much. Thank you for using your platform for good. If I can prevent one suicide and stop one person from getting to the point where my uncle and my friends have been, that's it means the world to me. Just if if it's one person that I can help, it's that's all that matters, you know. Yep, you're absolutely right. And we'll link everything up at 991themix.com. Thank you for listening to the 50 Shades of K podcast. If you are going through a difficult time, there are resources. Reach out and reach out to someone and get some help because your life matters. Yes. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number is 1-800-273-TALK. It's 1-800-273-8255. Or you can just text hello to 741741 and just text with somebody back and forth. They'll be glad to talk to you. Thank you, Elizabeth. Appreciate you having the convo. This has been the 50 Shades of K podcast with host Elizabeth K. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 